Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is the podcast to help you scale your Shopify store into a money-making machine. This episode is brought to you by Retention.com. Retention.com helps Shopify stores make more money by growing their email lists 20 times faster and sending 10 to 15 times more abandoned cart emails. Want to learn more? Check out Retention.com. Book a demo to get two times more audience credits for the first 60 days. Now, over to your host, Nick Truman. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Winning with Shopify podcast. For anyone that's not tuned in before, hit that subscribe button. And also, if you've been listening for a little while now and you like the content, leave us a review. If you don't like the content, don't leave us a review. Um, although I probably shouldn't say that because I'm all about transparency and we talk a lot about reviews on this uh, on this podcast. But if it's your first time, it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us. If you've been listening and you've been listening for quite a while, welcome back. Absolute pleasure to have you on, the, on this journey with us. Um, as a lot of you will know who were listening last week, we are talking about retention, customer retention. And um, we're sponsored by retention.com. So make sure you go and check those guys out. They're US only, um, but make sure you go and check out their tool. Today, we're going to be talking about content, specifically on email and SMS. And we're going to go down quite a few little rabbit holes and roads with this as well. And I've got a very special guest. He's very qualified to be talking about this with me as well. So I'm delighted to be joined by Kerry, who is the co-founder of The Greenhouse. Kerry, welcome to the show. Hi, Nick. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with us. And anyone that's listened to the show before would know what my first question is going to be because it's always the same. Kerry, tell <laughs> us a bit about The Greenhouse and also tell us about your background as well. Absolutely. Well, The Greenhouse is an email and SMS marketing agency for e-commerce brands. So we help e-com brands deploy all the email and SMS strategies that they need. And my background, I started off in e-commerce as the director of e-commerce and marketing for an eight-figure e-commerce brand. Did that for about three years, overseeing the whole D2C marketing channel, as well as very closely managing email and SMS before I joined with my co-founder to start The Greenhouse. Lovely stuff. And I mean, D2C is always an exciting project and something we've, we've had a couple of our clients on the show who started off like wholesale. So they've got a really cool product and other people are selling it. And then they've gone D2C. So they've launched their own store and started going direct, which I think for anyone that's done it, it seems really logical. Okay, we can control the customer. And even people selling on Amazon, we can control the customer. But it's so much more complicated, isn't it? Yes, for sure. For sure. No, D2C is definitely a fun space and, and love to get people to buy and buy again. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, let's talk about email and SMS. So that's what we're talking about today, which is very, very exciting. So before we dive into some of the details about the two, do you want to give us a little overview quickly to like, okay, where does email and SMS actually fit in in the broader scale to customer retention? Like, why is it important? And how can this make people spend more money over a longer period of time? Absolutely. So I think about e-commerce in three buckets. Um, I think about it in the, you start with um, the acquisition bucket, you have your conversion bucket in the middle and you have your retention bucket, right? So there's like three different buckets. And so on the acquisition side, you have things like SEO, PPC, advertising, um, social media, all that kind of stuff in your conversion bucket. You have things like email and SMS do fall into that because when people join the list, you your first role is to convert them for the first time, right? But also your website and things like that. And then in the retention bucket is, I would say like, you know, 80, 75% email and SMS because once you have that list, once you have those purchasers, you can just keep talking to them over and over and over again, multiple times reaching them where they are um, to get them to buy again after that. So I really see... Um, email and SMS marketing on the conversion side of things, but more in the retention side. So 
that's kind of how I think about the two. I, I always just use this analogy and I've stopped using it recently, but it still applies to this. Of actually, if you imagine a snowball is rolling down a hill, the more it's rolling uh-huh. down the hill, the more snow starts to get added. And that is a healthy e-commerce store. You've got this, as you say, you've got this core and people are already buying products um, from you and they're continuing to do that. So let, let's, let's, I don't know, and I'm saying this very sarcastically, let's imagine Facebook changed something that ruined everybody's conversion rates and suddenly people aren't buying stuff, which I say it's sarcastic because it happened last year and it was an absolute disaster. <laughs> it was, some people blame Apple, some people blame Facebook. They were both involved and they basically fell out. Um, but if you've <laughs> right. got that retention, you just, you've got these email addresses and you've got this SMS, um, these SMS phone numbers to send people communication. So actually that channel dying has way less of an impact on you. You're much more stable overall as a business, aren't you? For sure. And I would say that it's more so for a short time, like you can exist, you know, a, a store that has a 50% or more repeat purchase rate can exist for months, maybe a year. But eventually, you know, you do still need to acquire new customers. Of course. But if something goes down for a few months, uh, email and SMS can definitely hold the weight. I've had clients like stop advertising or, you know, something funky happens with their ad account or their credit card and they have to stop advertising for the month. And we didn't lose any revenue because we were able to still target the list that we had, which is a a good mix of purchasers and non-purchasers. So yeah, definitely. And I think the, the flip side of that as well, just to highlight what the alternative is, and we've had clients like this before, and we we're kicking them to find other channels, basically, is where you're so reliant on one channel to bring all of your marketing in, and every every purchase, every order you have is from a new customer, and you do not have what we've just described of you don't have that pull, and as you say, credit card gets declined, the bank turns something off, or something that happened to a client yeah. recently is their account got hacked. Mm-hmm. So we were all removed from their Facebook ads account immediately. No one could do anything and get in there. And it was like, flip, we've lost this channel. Fortunately, they had three or four other advertising channels. They had Bing running, they had Giggle ads, they had some stuff running on, on Twitter. And they managed mm-hmm. to get it up and running within a couple of weeks. But you're absolutely right. If you've got that, that database of people, and I think most importantly, which we're going to talk a bit about today as well, is you've got the know-how and the experience to know how to get them to buy And that leads us on nicely, I think, to talking about content and talking about who you're talking to. Before we started recording, you mentioned that there are two different types of email campaign. And you said there were one-off campaigns and there's automation. Yeah. So why don't we talk about those two first in terms of what they are? For sure. So yeah, pretty much everything I say for email can also go along for SMS. They're they're the same, but different, right? So when you have email campaigns or SMS campaigns, like I use the word campaign as one-off messages that you're sending. Hi, we launched a new product today, or it's Black Friday, 20% off. You know, those one-off messages that you see in the inbox, those are what we call campaigns. Um, You run them one-off and uh, people either open or click or convert or they don't. Um, And then there's automations, which occur when a customer makes a behavior with your site or with your um, store. So they visit the website, they sign up for your email list they get a welcome series. That's an automation. They add something to their cart. They leave the website. That's an abandoned cart automation. They make a purchase, but they don't purchase again for three months. Then you want to 
to send them a win back automation. And those are things that are automatic. Once you set them up, you know, they run forever and they do need to be optimized, but they, they run day and night, 24 seven based off of when the customer makes the behavior. Whereas campaigns are a little bit more manual to send. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's, let's dive into the, to the one-off campaigns first then. Yeah. So a one-off campaign, I assume would be something like a newsletter, product announcement. And there's ways you can do some automation within those, aren't there? But it, I guess let's start with the basics and we'll get on some more advanced cases in a minute. I mean, if we start with the basics, mm-hmm. somebody's got a store, they're doing, I don't know, twenty or $30,000 a month. So they're off the ground. They're earning some money from this thing now, but they're not really doing email. What's a good place to start with email? How can they start that learning process to know what works and what doesn't work? Generally speaking, if you have a list of, you know, 10K or more, you want to have a good bit of people that you're talking to. So 10,000 people. I mean, you know, 10,000 is a great number to start with. Um, You know, if you have a list of less than 10K, just the number of campaigns, the, the amount of times that you're talking people would change, right? But let's say you have a list of 10K or more. You want to be sending at least eight campaigns a month, at least eight one off emails a month. I would say that this somewhat depends on what type of product you have, but to not overcomplicate things um, eight times a month. If it's a highly repeat purchasable product or people, you have a lot of SKUs that people can buy from in your product suite, then you know you can send upwards of 10, 12 campaigns a month. And then, you know, if, if you have a less repeat purchasable or if it's like a one-time buy and then they just need to replenish, you know, every few months, you might want to send less campaigns, maybe four to six per month, right? Um, but generally speaking, I think eight is a great number. And in terms of like content, so you know you, you should be sending at least eight campaigns a month, right? So then you think, okay, well, what do I send? What do I talk about eight times a month, right? So we really have, I would say, five content buckets for our campaigns. um, And they are as follows. So a lot of um, our campaigns are product-focused campaigns. So pick one of your products or one of your collections and do a deep dive into it. You know, what is this product? Who is it good for? What problem does it solve? What are the features and benefits? What do the customers have to say about it? Show us some UGC, like deep dive. I mean, all those ideas right there can give you two to three campaigns alone, right? So just completely product focus. And then there's promotional campaigns. So anytime you're running a promotion, 20% off, buy this, right? There's also um, educational campaigns, which we do a lot. So educating, if you're deeply solving a problem, like educating about the problem, educating about why you're the solution, anything education related, if you're a beauty brand, like anything What's trending on TikTok, do an educational email about it, right? Why is it trending? Why is it important? That sort of thing. So educating the audience. We have launch campaigns wherever, anytime you're launching a new product, you want to do a few different emails around the launch of that product. And then um, we also have community or UGC we call it features where, you know, you're featuring content, um, from the community. So that's like reviews or, um, UGC from your Instagram. So all those five things 
really are are where you can start to build content from on your campaigns. Because I think one of the one of the challenges people often have, and, and we get emails about it from the podcast, is people are sitting there just, and I said to you before we hit record, they're just staring at a blank screen going, where do I start? What do I talk about? And I think there's, there's some fantastic ideas there. Um, UGC, just for anyone who's sitting there going, what on earth is that? User-generated content, so that's your <laughs> customers talking. So, and I think that, I think there's a really nice mix there as well. And, and actually, one of the things that I think is always scaring store owners, um, certainly if you start talking about eight times a month, some people are sitting there doing the mass and going, it's twice a week. A, what are we going to talk about? And B, everyone's going to leave us because they don't want to hear about this. I always find it amazing how surprised store owners are when they start talking to their customers. We, we, I mean, we've had it on SEO where we've launched a, a review platform. So we've introduced uh, FIFA or Yotpo or Trustpilot or something. And you get store owners saying like, oh my gosh, everyone's just going to be moaning. We've just opened Pandora's box of um, customer complaints. And then they're pleasantly surprised that uh, two months later, they've got a five-star rating. And they're like, who are these people? And so I think people do actually want to hear from brands. And it's, I think it's certainly interesting when you start to send bits and pieces out. And and what you haven't just listed, which is great, is you haven't just listed a, a long list of buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this. Actually, the emails are talking about, here's what our customers are using the product for at the moment, or um, we're launching a new product. It's not out yet. You can't even buy it. We're just telling you about it. We've designed it for this. And, you know, would you like to pre-order one or see what's going on? And then it's been launched and then you can talk about it again and then say, um, you know, we're running low on stock on these. So if you do need these in the next few weeks, go and buy it now. And I think th- th- there's so many different ideas for content. And it's almost, it's almost like you just need enough to get Get going to then go, then look at your data and, and which we'll talk about in a minute as well look at your data and see what people are actually interacting with yeah and one thing that you mentioned you know uh you have e-com stores who are hearing this and thinking oh i need to send you know eight two two campaigns a week you know people are going to leave here here's the thing your list is hopefully going to always be on the upward trajectory right as you build your your store but it is going to fluctuate. You are going to get subscribes. You're going to get unsubscribes. You're going to have loyal customers who buy your product, you know, five times a year, but don't want to be on your email list. And like, that is okay. The whole point of, of every channel really, and why Omnichannel is so important is that you need to meet the customers where they are. Some people are on Instagram. Some people are in their email inbox. Some people are in their text messages. Some people are on Google. You need to just meet them where they are. And if they don't want to be there, that's fine. Like, don't worry about the unsubscribes. It's better to talk to the people who want to be there and to talk to them enough that you're reminding them to buy. Because like, guess what? Uh, These people that you're talking to, they have lives. They buy hundreds of products in their lifetime, in their month, in their year, right? They're, they're, They're human beings. They forget. They don't think about your brand all the time. You need to remind them. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think a really interesting thing on this as well is I thought you were about to say this and you didn't. You said something else, which was equally as interesting. So I'm going to say it anyway, this what popped into my head. Um, when you were <laughs> okay. saying like you've got this list yeah. of people on your email database or in your store or wherever you're storing it, which get a proper tool. Obviously, you guys have a tool, so definitely go and check it out. But I would say that you've got this list of people and from a commercial point of view, if you're not emailing them or you email them and they all unsubscribe, you've not lost anything because there was no value there in the first place because they weren't ready to listen to you. 
So in a way, you might as well. And I, I love I, I love your target of ten k, ten thousand people subscribe. I've been working in 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 uh, you know PPC fifteen years. Ten k feels to me like a really good amount of people to get some good insights. Say you lost I don't know thirty yeah. or forty percent overnight. Say it was detrimental. They all just you've been running your store for three years. You've never <laughs> sent a proper marketing campaign. You send your first one out and you lose three thousand out of your ten. You've still got you've you've now got seven thousand people who haven't left. And you can look at your data and then go, how many of those people have actually engaged? Because if one of them's engaged and purchased from you, it's been a success. Because like I say, they were going to leave anyway. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, I'll, I'll say this, 30% is very high. You know, mm. like uh, unsubscribe rates, we're talking like 0.5 to like 1%. Like, so, you know, if you're going to lose 100 people, who cares? Like to have 9,000 or 7,000 people that really want to be there that are going to buy. And also like in November, when we worked with our brands and we targeted their whole lists, I would say that 70 to 80% of their revenue came from their top, you know, 500 to 1,000 customers. Like you only need 500 really, really, really solid customers to be buying, you know, repeat purchase to get some good numbers. Like the other half, like most majority of the list is just there hanging around, just looking at what all the brands are doing. And if you're not emailing them as well, somebody else probably is. A thousand percent. Everybody is. (laughs) Exactly. Let's go down the other end of the scale then. So that's, that's if you're starting out and you want to get going. Um, Or let's jump in the middle of the scale first, if there's going to be a scale. So the top end of the scale will go for, you know, your big sort of, uh, we've got a million customers. We've done a million transactions this year. So let's go in the middle somewhere and say, okay, you've got, you've got somebody who's got an email list now of like 150, 200,000 subscribers, something like that, subscribe to email campaigns. And they're sitting there scratching their heads saying, I feel like I send the same thing out all the time. At what point do you start to think about things like dynamic content, um, automating some of the bits of those to go, actually, we're going to dynamically insert some products here because our tools can learn what people are interested in, what they're not. Um, And equally, what point do you start to actually segment your database and say, now we're going to look at like, like you've already said, the VIP customers, we're going to give them discounts because we know if if we just exist for 24 more hours, they're going to buy from us. So we'll email them anyway, and then they'll buy in the next five hours from us. Um, How do you start to segment? What do you do when you've got that sort of 150, 200,000 list? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we segment, um, we segment lists like at 20K plus um, because segmenting is always a good idea. But um, yeah, if you're talking about a list of 150 to 200K, segmenting is a must. Like it's a requirement um, because you can't be emailing 200,000 people every time um, because your metrics are probably terrible. And so segmenting VIP customers, potential VIP customers, um, people who are engaging with your content and your website recently, but not purchasing and lapsed customers. So more of like a win back situation. So if someone used to be a good customer and they haven't purchased again in the last six months, um, those are kind of like four main segments that we like to target. But I also love when you said dynamic content, I, we don't do a lot of dynamic content in the campaigns themselves, but what we'll do is, you know, 
if you have a product that is your top seller, we'll make a segment of um, high intent for that product, meaning they've viewed that product, they've added that product to cart, they've um, clicked on an email featuring that product, but they haven't bought it yet, and then send them a targeted product-focused campaign to that audience. And the dynamic content, I think, is really powerful you know, in the automations as well. Um, but then also if you have like a jewelry brand or like I said, a brand with a lot of SKUs, jewelry, beauty, accessory come to mind when I think about that, having like dynamic product blocks based off of what they've ordered before, um, what they've, you know, looked at on the site. Um, I would say that those, that dynamic content is only good as the program that they're, that you're using to host it. So like, if you look at a brand like Abercrombie, And if you're a purchaser of that brand, they have amazing dynamic content. I mean, every email that I get from them is so targeted based off of what I bought before. And I'm like, oh, I need that product right now. Whereas if you're using a program like Klaviyo, it's a little less um, smart. So dynamic content can be good, but it's only as good as the platform that you're using to host it, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I brought up about 10 different topics there. Um, <laughs> but no, but re- really, really, really good info. I think the so- something I want to pick up on, and this is my marketing brain kicking in here. A lot of brands often look at things and just look at that's the way it is now. So we're just going to keep operating like that. Whereas my marketing brain says, well, do you know what, if we don't have, and this is the thing you mentioned was about potential VIP customers. If, if, you, if, it, if a brand says to me, we don't have many VIP customers, people don't buy regularly from us. My first thought is what can we do to change that? It's not necessarily the case of just, we're not, we're not for example, just going to accept that and just keep getting you know, one or two purchase customers. We want customers that are going to buy from us again and again and again. So I guess on that one in particular, if someone's sitting there thinking, we've only got a handful, we're talking like we've got 10,000 subscribers, we've got five or 10 VIP customers and we talk to them one-to-one, how do we make that 10, 200? You know, what, what are some of the things you should be doing to encourage people to become a VIP? Yeah, I mean, um, I think... One of the most important things, and it may seem really simple and it might not have anything to do with marketing at all, is that you have to have a good product and you have to have a good brand. So like that's the start, you know, like if you can get someone to buy one time, you better make sure they love your product and they had a great experience um, and that product really brought a benefit to their life. So like that's the start, right? That's like the bare minimum. Then I would say, you know, like after they purchase, um, I love to do things like surveys, getting reviews, making sure they are happy customers before you're trying to convert them again, right? Because if they're not happy and you just try to sell, 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 they're going to reach out to your customer service team, or if that's you, and they're going to be like, stop trying to sell me this. I hate your product. Um, so that's that's a start. I would be looking at people who purchase like pretty recently, let's say in the last 30 to 60 days, and they've been on the website again, adding to cart again, clicking on your emails again, but haven't purchased a second time. That shows that they've purchased once, but they have a high intent with the brand. They're still curious. They're still, you know, frequently and, and recently involved. Um, that is a good kind of segment to look at and say, all right, these people are are hanging around and they're interested in what we have to say. Let's try to convert them again. Definitely, definitely. And I think, I guess a final question before we talk about SMS a little bit as well is when you're trying to get someone to become a VIP customer, I think some of those touch points you mentioned are brilliant. Like they've been on the site recently, they're adding to basket. And obviously you can send them a discount code. That seems like the cheapest, easiest, fastest way just to say- Don't do it. it. I'm glad you're shaking your head. <laughs> Don't do it. 
What should we do? Is the, is the big question. Um, just remind them to buy again and again and again, like remind them to buy. One thing I love to do is do a survey. Um, you know, it takes time to get results. So this is by no means an overnight, uh, solution, right? But run a survey in your post-purchase automation, ask them why they bought it, um, why they like the product, what problem it's solving for them. Do a word map or a word cloud of the top things that they love about the product or the top reasons that they buy. And then use that data and that information for your marketing moving forward and to target those people to buy again. It's just, it's, it's reminding them to buy, buy, buy again. And you have to always be in their inbox, always be top of mind. And also just understanding that, you know, sometimes people need time to breathe in between one purchase, right? So one thing to always, it's good to look at is your average days between orders. It's something it's a metric that almost no Shopify owner that I talk to knows. Um, so number one, understanding your customer lifetime value. And number two, understanding average days between orders. So for the average of the brands that we work with, that average days between order is around 80 to 90 days, right? So meaning I buy once and then 90 days later, I'm ready to buy again. And like, that's okay. To your point, let's try to shorten it. But still, like, there's not many customers who are buying once, two weeks later buying again, three weeks later buying again. Like, that's a rare breed of a customer. So So don't try and force them, I guess. It's, yeah, wait till they're ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I would say. But still in the wild, like, be top of mind, try to hit them with the messaging that others have said, um, why they keep buying, et cetera, um, all that stuff. And automations, automations, automations are big there. Do you know, in, in all my years, no one's ever said average days between orders as a metric. And I'm actually quite shocked to say that. It's, I, I work on acquisitions. <laughs> it's not something I look at a lot, but that, that is so important. Yeah. And I, I wonder how much of the information actually we should be feeding into things that I do look after, like retargeting campaigns. So when you get a, a dead, we, we literally have a dead audience um, for m- most of our clients. We call it the dead audience where people are, it doesn't matter whether they're subscribed or not, they haven't bought from you in ages. We feed that audience into Google Ads. We run performance max campaigns to go, these people haven't purchased in ages. So we're going to hit them and try and get them to purchase, try and convince them to come back. The, as you said earlier about win back campaigns, doing that on, on Google Ads as much as you guys are doing on email as well. But um, th- those feedback surveys, again, I've had so many clients like the reviews, they're nervous what people are going to say. So I've taken the approach with these of saying to clients, just get as much feedback, run focus groups. Um, I think a survey is a fantastic way of doing it because either A, they're unhappy. So you've got nothing to lose now. They're not coming back, but you've got an opportunity to engage with them to say, we want to know what you've got to say, which actually might win some of them back one day. They might go, do you know what? I wasn't overly happy. And if you say that in your, in your survey, the company might actually contact you and say, we were so unhappy that you weren't unhappy. Would you like a replacement? Would you like us to do something? Would you like a discount off your next order? And we'll make sure that it doesn't have a scratch this time or something. Um, so you, you kind of got this sort of, you, you, you've, you've already lost them if they're not happy. But if they are, coming back to what we were talking about right at the start, what kind of email should we be sending out on our eight plus email campaigns a month? Well, you send out a feedback survey. And if they were happy, you're just, you've literally got them sitting there writing, I'm really happy. I love this product. 
now what are they thinking and what are they going to do next? You know, you've just increased the chance of another order, which I, I think is so important. Yeah. And you know what? You can use good feedback and good responses in your content. And you can also use negative re- feedback and responses in your content as well. I've had, um, I had brands that we've run and I've also seen large brands do this, like hear the dirt or hear the tea of what are, what, what customers have to say. And it's like bad reviews and, and they own it. And so I think people then get intrigued on that. Like, oh, that's interesting. They're owning up to, you know, what people have to say, or they're owning up to the bad, you know, feedback that they're getting. And that might intrigue people even more to purchase. Um, You know, we work a lot with like food and beverage brands. So if it's like a flavor, you know, some people are saying that they don't like this flavor, but here's what other people are saying. So like address it, you know, address those things. Oh, you think our price is too high? Here's why. We're going to discontinue <laughs> it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, lo- I love that. And I think we- we're definitely living in the age of transparency as well. Like there is nowhere to hide these days. You know, if you source your products from somewhere that's very unethical, you're going to get found out. Like it's not, it's not going to stay a secret for very long. So, okay, we've spoken about email and people get a lot of emails and there's a lot of emails floating around and some of them work really well. Some of them don't work so well. We've outlined lots of good reasons why they can work very well. SMS though is a completely different game, isn't it? It's, it's literally a text message into somebody's pocket. It cuts through the noise in the same way, but it's not as easy as it sounds. So Tell us about SMS. What, what are some of the things if someone's never done SMS, where should they start? And then we'll, we'll lead on to people that are already doing it and the way to optimize it and that sort of thing. But yeah, if you've never done it, what have you got to think about? What do you got to be aware of? To be aware for SMS means just to understand that you're a human talking to humans, right? And you're talking to them on the channel that other humans are conversing with them every day, right? So as you mentioned, it's the most personal. Your texts are sitting amongst texts from their mom, their boyfriend, their sister, et cetera. So you want to make sure that, you know, that messaging feels natural to them. It feels like it's something that they want to consume, that they want to read. And so in terms of content, you know, it's, it's human to human, it's conversational. Um, That's a good place to start for SMS. And I guess a, a point to make as well is about the format of an SMS is it's a completely different world to email, isn't it? For sure. So, you know, with email, you're talking about, you know, a, a really nicely designed, you know, piece of content. Um, you have different sections, you have headers, you have body text, you have, you know, um, like product images, you have, you know, checklists, like whatever, a lot of content, right? It's a lot longer form. A text message is like 140 characters, um, which when you work it out, it's probably about like two sentences. If you want to keep it just that you can go over, but the SMS platforms charge per text that you send. So I always recommend just keep it at, at one as much as possible because um, it's usually not worth the additional cost to make it longer unless you really need to. Um, So yeah, it's like two sentences, like quick hit, you know, you have to grab their interest. And I don't know the stat and I really don't know how they came up with this, but it's something like 99% of text messages are opened within the first 15 minutes of them being sent. So emails have a lot longer of a time to live in somebody's inbox. You know, you might send someone an email at 7 p.m. They might open it tomorrow at 12 o'clock, right? But um, if you send someone a text today at 12 o'clock, they're going to open it in the first 15 minutes and they're either going to take an action or they're not. It's not likely that they're going to like come back to it later or two days later or something like that. You know, so it's it's really more like quick hit, make them react, make them convert then and there. 
And I guess one thing you could do with this um, is like a flash sale. You know, if you're suddenly discounting something and saying like, we're doing a two hour flash sale, sending a text message out in your local time at, I don't know, 6 p.m. Everyone's finished work. They're at home. It's, you could even geo-target like an area, for example, and go, right, it's raining horrendously there. Everybody's indoors right now. So why don't we send out this message about buying some comfortable pajamas and slippers? You know, everybody's going to be indoors right now. And it's, it, it's trying to hit people with a whole different, as you say, with the email example, it's really, yeah, really, really good, good uh, comparison to say that email could be sitting there for a day, a week, sometimes even longer before people get to it, or they just never even open it. They just delete the thing. But as you said, text message 15 mm -hmm. minutes and you're inside their inbox so it's yeah i think certainly there's there's that kind of urgency but what what are some good examples of text that people should be sending or should think about sending like is it just come by our products and here's a link or what are some good examples of content you could put in into that so here's the thing you know everybody is like yes like definitely send flash sales on your on your sms thing but think about it this way like right if you have this friend or someone you know and they have your number and they only reach out to you when they want something from you they either need money from you or they need something from you or they want you to do something for them chances are like you wouldn't like if there's not reciprocal things happening in that relationship, like you're going to get annoyed that they keep reaching out and keep wanting something from you, right? Same thing from a brand. Like if you only text customers when it's a sale, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, and you're definitely not segmenting out recent purchasers, right? Like they're going to be pissed and they're going to unsubscribe. It's same thing for email is, is very similar for SMS. You know, you want to make sure that you're hitting those different content types. So like educational, conversational campaigns are huge. Like, um, Hey, what are you up to today? Reply with a keyword and we'll send you a recommendation or something like that. Right. Almost using a bit more like a sort of chat feature as opposed to just a text message. Right. I mean, cause it, that's the, that's the behavior of texting, right? Like my mom texts me, I got to text her back. It's a conversation. It's a back and forth. So um, anytime that you can do that or, you know, like the first uh, 100 people to text us back are going to get this code, right? If you're going to do a flash sale, like the first 100 people to get this are going to get a, to, to respond are going to get a free gift or something like that, right? Um, something to engage people more, send a meme, send a GIF on SMS, right? Like they love that. I, I send that and we get hundreds of reactions of people literally like laughing at the image and saying that's hilarious or you brightened my day or something like that. Provide more value and like humor and stuff to their life and to their day. And you have um, a better chance of like winning on SMS. Nice, nice. I think, I mean, as I say, there's some great examples in there. I think SMS is, is one of those channels that a lot of people feel like, especially when you say two sentences, you're absolutely right. But what you put in those two sentences now is, it's a bit like when Twitter first launched and I say first, for its first like 15 years, there was a character limit, um, you know, and it was a very low character limit yeah. and people would put like one slash 10. You're like, oh gosh, there's 10. 10 tweets I got to read to actually get the full story on this thing. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. Like yeah. th there's some great ideas then. I think one of the ones I absolutely love is starting that conversation with people, as you say about, you know, if, you, if your mum or friend or whatever texts you, you're going to talk to them. So I think having something that's a bit smarter than just the purely a click here and get an offer or something. Um, 
I, I got a text of the day where I'd bought something that's quite expensive. Well, I thought it was quite expensive. Um, and I bought it. And within 24 hours, I got an email saying it had been dispatched. And then I got a text message saying there's a flash sale for one hour only, 40% of everything. We're doing a last gasp Black Friday. Went and checked and my product was on offer. So I cancelled my order and then ordered it on that. So what, what you said about getting rid of recent purchases, so important. I literally just got a load of money straight off my product, which I was, if I'd never known about that flash sale, wouldn't have bothered me. And I would have spent a lot more. So I think it's, you've you got to make sure your systems are connected so you know what people are doing, which is, uh, which is super key. Absolutely. Yeah. What, exclude the recent purchases from a promo because you're going to have people reaching out and you're going to refund them or something along those lines, like you just said. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Anyway, we'll bring things into land in a sec, but the most important thing we always ask everybody towards the end as well is if people want to reach out, Kerry, they're like, look, Kerry knows what she's doing. I need some help with all of this. or I need a new platform. <laughs> a new tool. How can people get in touch with you? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm on, um, I'm on LinkedIn mostly. I love to post content about, um, e-commerce and stuff on LinkedIn very active in the DMs there. Carrie McDonald on LinkedIn. Um, also, shoot me an email, Carrie at growwithgreenhouse.com. Always available via email. Nice, lovely stuff. And we'll obviously, anyone who's listening on a podcasting platform that you can see the description, we will put a link in the description as well so you go and check those guys out. Um, as we said right at the start, if you want to gain more subscribers into your email platform, make sure you check out retention.com who's our sponsor at the moment. Um, it's US only. And as I said last week, I'm absolutely livid. I wish we could do it in the UK as a marketer because it's a fantastic piece of software. But uh, unfortunately, the laws won't allow it um, where we are. But yeah, if you're in the US, definitely go and check that out as well. Kerry, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Thanks everyone for listening. Hope you guys got a lot of value today. Good stuff. I'm sure they did. And for everybody listening at home, we're back again next week. Thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter for exclusive offers at winningwithshopify.com. And don't forget to check out our Facebook group by searching for Winning with Shopify on Facebook. Over and out.